Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. It is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us, to learn about the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, the holy and anointed Lamb of God, the light of the world, the Savior of mankind. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.org or call us at 678-692-8870. You can also write to us at CPM Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. We look forward to hearing from you and we pray that these messages of truth touch your lives. If you have been moved by these biblical teachings, please visit our forums online at covenantpeoplesministry.org and sign up to follow us on our YouTube channel, Covenant People. Thank you for joining us for another CPM broadcast. And now, here is our pastor, Jeremy Visser, with our next Bible study. Hello, dear friend. Thank you for joining me. I'm Pastor Visser, and today I'd like to take a look at the cost of discipleship. Indeed, many of your modern churches tell you that all you really need to do is open your heart to Jesus Christ, and suddenly your life will be a bed of roses. But scripturally, we find that is not the case. In fact, it was Christ himself who taught a parable of being a disciple, It's also known as the parable of the cost, because there actually is much cost in being a disciple of Christ. Now, this is going to be a very interesting study, because the text that we'll be covering today is found only in the gospel according to St. Luke, and it's found only in the 14th chapter, so please turn there. But before we actually look at what our beloved Redeemer Christ teaches. What is the cost of discipleship? What do you think that it is? Well, it's quite different than what a majority of Christendom espouses. So, we need to look at what Christ taught regarding the cost of following Him. Or, oftentimes, what will come if we become a true Christian. If we hear our shepherd as a sheep and follow his voice. That is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14. And we read, beginning in verse 25. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whosoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king? Going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Question, and if not, 
While the other is a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So, therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now, that is the parable of the cost. Also known as the parable of the cost of being a disciple. And so much can be preached from these pages regarding the cost of being a disciple. Now, Yahshua turns to a crowd. This is the multitude, meaning that this was spoken in general to the masses. So why is it that modern Judeo-Christendom does not teach these things? For example, verse 26, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yea, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Meaning, Yahshua says, if you love your life more than him, you cannot be his disciple. He also says, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. There is another cost involved in being a disciple of Yahshua, and that is picking up our proverbial cross. And the cross at the time of this writing represented an implement of torture. It was something that we were to bear, just as Yahshua did. Christ says one of the costs of being His disciple is that we must pick up our cross, meaning we must be willing to die for Yahshua. But He also teaches here a tactic. He teaches us that we need to count the cost. And that is why he goes into this statement of saying, For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? And indeed, I'm sure anybody who's ever worked in carpentry understands this. Because before any man will undertake a large project, he sits down and he counts the cost. That is what Yahshua is relaying here in Luke chapter 14. What is the cost of discipleship? Well, we've covered three things so far. We must hate our own father and mother, right? (laughs) But what does this word hate mean? Because in almost every translation, it says hate. And the natural man could take that and run with that and try and prove Yahshua is a sadistic Evil, cruel God, right? (laughs) Because he says, well, we got to hate father and mother and wife and children. That seems a rather harsh indictment and a harsh cost to pay. But many of us do pay that. So in order to really understand what Christ is saying in Luke 14, 26, we need to look at the word hate as it is used in almost every translation of the Bible. Now, the word hate, as it is used here, is a special word. So we need to understand that in looking at the etymology of this word. It's taken from the Greek word meshio. Meshio. And it means to detest and, by extension, to love less. However, meshio is taken from the prime root mesios which means to hate. So what Yahshua is saying here is not that we need to hate indiscriminately our mother and our father and our children 
or our spouses. What he is using is meshio in the Greek, a special word that is derived from hate and transliterated as hate, but really means to detest in light of, or by extension, to love less. Now why is this important? Because Christ here, and myself as a pastor, am not saying you need to go and hate people in order to love Christ. You need to love them less than Christ. That is the cost of discipleship. And this same word that is set aside from the Greek word mesios, meaning hatred, which is meshio, is also used by Christ in Matthew chapter 6. And we've covered this countless times. But I feel that it bears repeating here. In Matthew chapter 6, Christ teaches a very important statement, I feel, in light of today's society. He says, in verse 24 of Matthew 6, quote, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. End quote. Now notice, that is the same word and Christ uses it here. It means to love less. Christ says you'll hate one and love the other, meaning it's common sense. You cannot love God and money equally. If you love God, well, you'll despise money. And if you love money, well, you're going to hate or miseo God. You're going to love Him less than money. That is why Christ says no man can serve two masters. But back here in Luke, Christ teaches that we must be prepared. We must be willing to put aside materials and oftentimes even family members. The cost of being Yahshua's disciple entails that. Loving our own mother and father less because we understand that we have a heavenly father and we claim him first. Which is also why we're instructed to call no man on earth our father. We must acknowledge that. We must put family and materials aside. And Christ taught this numerous times. For example, while you're here in Luke, take a look at Luke chapter 9. We read, beginning in verse 57, As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you, Christ, wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, that's Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. And Christ clearly says, No one that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Meaning you must consider and weigh the cost of discipleship. Because if you look back 
if you go and say, I'm not willing to pick up my cross, I'm not willing to die for Yahshua, and you look back as Lot's wife did to where her heart was, to Sodom, you're not fit for the kingdom of Yahweh God. Now, why is it that Judeo-Christians do not espouse this? Why is it that they do not tell you that Christ Himself says that the cost of discipleship is many of these things? You must pick up your cross in order to die upon it. You must be willing to forsake mother, father, even our own children oftentimes. And we must sit down and weigh the cost. Because even a fool, if he desires to build a tower or a house, he'll sit down and he'll count the cost. So count that cost, my friend. That is why I'm bringing you this study this Wednesday evening. I want you to fully understand that there are potential blessings and curses that come with communion, that come with following Yahshua, and I've covered some of those examples this month. In my sermon, Bad Guys of the Bible, we looked at Simon Magius. And what did he desire? The gift of the Holy Spirit. He desired that, but he did not know. He did not know what the cost was. He thought that he could purchase that gift with money. And my friend, we cannot. The cost is outlined by Yahshua. If we come to Him, we have to love less our own father. We have to love our mother, our wife, our children, etc. Even brothers and sisters, much less than our beloved Redeemer. And the reason for this is obvious. It's right here in Luke chapter 14. But Christ explains why in verse 29. He says, Otherwise, when He has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all those who see it will begin to mock Him. If you're not able to finish, if you're not able to run the race until its completion, then you will be a mockery, not only in the eyes of man, but in the eyes of Yahweh God, in judgment. So consider that cost as well. Don't just say, hey, today I choose to be a Christian, and I like CI, I like how it sounds. Consider the cost, the cost of discipleship. Christ also says, not only will they mock him, but they'll say, this man began to build, but he wasn't able to finish. Are you able to finish what you set out to build? Because what Christ teaches in the Bible is not what modern Christendom says. And in that I mean, He says, I am hated. So don't marvel if you're hated, because the world hates me first. He also teaches this very powerful statement. If you come to Him and don't hate your father, well, you can't be His disciple. If you come to Him and will not bear your cross, meaning if you're not willing to die to be a Christian, you cannot be His disciple. He also says in verse 31 of Luke chapter 14, or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Now, that's a military term. And naturally, there are war rooms where men sit down and they contemplate these things. They, quote-unquote, deliberate. And they say, are we able with 10,000 to go against what? 20,000. And right there, you're able to see the numbers. The numbers, my friend. The cost of discipleship is being in a small minority. Knowing that the world will hate you. Knowing that your God, Yahshua, taught 
Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And few there be that find it. Few there be. Many are called, but few are chosen. That is the cost of discipleship and it entails all of this. Being able to be tactful. Sit down and weigh all your options and make decisions based on educated studies. Study. Deliberate. Why? Well, verse 32, And if not, while the other is a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. Meaning, while you're sitting down oftentimes saying, hey, I'm going to go to war with the world, the world's desiring terms of peace. And naturally, that is the way of the devil. The devil comes in and says, peace, peace, and there is no peace, and lulls you into a false ideal of what peace is. But if you're not always looking and seeking first the kingdom of Yahweh God, then you can make a grievous error like this. You can declare war, but the other side is seeking terms of peace. And that is why Yahshua says in verse 33, So therefore, because of these two reasons, because even the natural man, if he's going to build any structure, will sit down and consider the cost, And even a great man of high stature among men, kings who declare war on other kings, sit down and have deliberations and declare war or decide whether war is fruitful or unprofitable. So therefore, if any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now, in looking at that statement, Let me qualify it by saying Yahshua does not say you have to do without your creature comforts. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the Gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship, be sure to write to us at CPM Post Office Box 256 Brooks, Georgia 30205 or give us a call at 678 692-8870. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.org where you will find direct access to our extensive selection of audio sermons. You can also listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast on your mobile audio devices. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, please make your checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry or use the donate button on our website to use PayPal. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life, and help to build His church, so that when He returns, He will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith, and apply His words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. Now, in looking at that statement, let me qualify it by saying Yahshua does not say you have to do without your creature comforts. In light of what we covered today, the word hate that Yahshua uses not being from Mesios, which is a direct form of contempt and or hatred, but being from Mesheo, to detest or to love less. In light of that, is Christ saying that you have to renounce all you have or love less 
all you have. Well, some of the things you have are brothers, sisters, children, wives, right? Husbands. Are you willing to renounce those in order to follow Yahshua? Now, in many regards, I'm probably preaching to the choir and many of us have tasted the sting of our own family members forsaking us for following Yahshua. But Christ would not teach this if it was not a stumbling block. Meaning, Christ would not have to teach this if oftentimes our fathers and our mothers, our wives, our children, our brothers and sisters, and even the desire to save our own life oftentimes can draw us aside from serving Him. Therefore, Christ teaches, man cannot serve two masters. Or you'll love one and love less the other. And Christ teaches here. If anyone comes to me and does not love less his own father, he cannot be my disciple. Why? You have a real father. Not your earth father, but your creator. This is why Yahshua says, when you pray, pray in this manner. Our father, who art in heaven. Christ doesn't say, say, dear God. He says, our father. Acknowledge Him as a Father. And it goes without saying that what we're dealing with today in the cost of being a disciple is about showing natural affection for God more than anything else, including our own life. Therefore, Christ makes this statement. He says, Therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. There was once a time when Yahshua was standing at the gateway of the temple of Jerusalem. And many people were coming in. They were making a grand spectacle of their tithes and their donations. And along comes an old widow and she throws in a widow's mite. And Christ had more respect unto that widow and her mites than he did for the great rich men and women who came in and said, look at me, I'm giving thousands of dollars to the temple. To paraphrase. And why would that be right here? Any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now, Christ isn't saying you have to go and give all you have. But it's a frame of mind, my friend. It is about having natural affection. What is greater in the eyes of God? A man who is a millionaire who gives a few thousand to a ministry? Or a woman who is destitute, desolate, owns nothing, and gives two mites or one mite? Believe me, my friend, it is the latter. And I have had people throughout time who tithe to my ministry $5, $6. And it is a humbling experience. It truly is. So what Christ is teaching here on the parable of the cost, and what we're looking at this evening, and the cost of being a disciple, is just that. It is about having natural affection for Yahweh God over our parents, loving them less than our Creator. It is about being willing to pay the price, oftentimes even unto death, if that's what is required of us. And so, what can be said about this topic of natural affection? Well, 
I could tell you before we even turn to Romans chapter 1, that we live in an era now where natural affection is missing within our people. It truly is. A natural affection could be considered, oh, I don't know, a maternal instinct, for example. But yet, our mothers today do not have the natural affection. Nor the natural protective instinct. Rather, they just ship their children off to doctors, public schools, and say, well, the world knows what's best for them. (laughs) That's a way of losing natural affection for God and for His gifts being our children, right? Well, in Romans, Paul wrote about natural affection and how in the end times, many people will lack this. The term natural affection appears in the King James Version of the Bible only two times. And we're going to look at both. The first is found in Romans chapter 1, where we learn, Since they, referencing the reprobates, and in context to Romans chapter 1, homosexuals, those that love the world over Yahweh God, in fact, those that have chosen mammon over Yahweh God, They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, and benders of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, though they know God's righteous decree. That those who practice such things, what things? Homosexuality. Though they know God's righteous decree in His law that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give an approval to those who practice them. So, in the King James, Romans chapter 1 verse 31 says that they lack natural affection. Here, in verse 31, we read that they are Heartless, the same terminology, heartless. What can we learn? Those that choose mammon, those that go the way of the world, even knowing that God detests certain behaviors and sins, but they give a nod of approval to it. Not only are they worthy of death, according to Romans chapter 1, but they lack natural affection. In the process of choosing the world, they lose their natural affection towards God. But that's not the only place. Turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 3. We learn, beginning in verse 2, An overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own house well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how can he care for God's church? Verse 3, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, and not a lover of money. Self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, and apt to teach. That is what a true bishop of God will be, and it stands that a bishop of God is a disciple of God. 
He has paid the cost of discipleship because he understands natural affection comes from within. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And what Christ is teaching is that we must have a natural affection towards Him in light of the world and what it offers. And oftentimes, even what our parents will say. Because our parents with good intentions will say, well, my son, my daughter, they're in a cult. They believe in the Bible too literally. They must be saved. And inadvertently, in that process, deliver their own children over to the devil. Literally and also proverbially and many of the ways I've outlined today. Lacking natural affection for Yahweh God means we put everything first, including mammon, which is why Timothy says that a true bishop or a true disciple will not be a lover of money because they understand that the love of money naturally is the root of all evil. So, in concluding, looking at some of the costs that we must pay (laughs) to be a disciple, turn with me to Matthew chapter 8. Because Christ taught very similarly right here. In Matthew 8, we learn, beginning in verse 18, Now when Jesus saw a crowd around Him, He gave orders to go over to the other side. And a scribe came up and said to Him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you will go. Now, stopping right there for a moment. This will happen many times if you are faithful. Many people come and they will go, especially if you have a ministry. Some abide for a short time, even supporting you for a short amount of time, and they move on. Others will follow you from day one until the very end. But people will come and say, I will follow you wherever you will go, and oftentimes I think the reason that they drop off and do not complete the race is because they did not fully consider the cost of discipleship. Now here comes a scribe in verse 19 of Matthew 8, and he says, Teacher, I'll follow you wherever you will go. Verse 20. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. So, do you understand from Matthew chapter 8, verses 18 through 22, and also Luke chapter 9, verses 57 to the end of the chapter, what we've covered today. Do you understand the cost of discipleship? And moreover, do you understand why Christ would answer these men in the manner that He does? A scribe comes to Him, says, I'll follow you wherever you go. But Christ was on His way to die to the world, literally. And that's the cost of discipleship. That's why Yahshua says in Luke chapter 14, any man who does not pick up His cross, who does not bear it, is not worthy to be My disciple. Will you bear that cross? Will you pay The ultimate cost, even if it means your life. Yahshua did it for you. Will you follow Him? Many people say they will, but they do not. Philip truly followed in the book of Acts, but Simon could not. He thought that the gift of God, or the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, could be purchased with money. Therefore, he is a bad example. Philip understood the cost, and part of Philip's cost of discipleship was 
dealing with people like Simon Magius in the establishment of the early church. And Simon Magius obviously did not sit and consider the cost of being a disciple. In short, the main cost of being a disciple is putting family and materials aside to follow Christ. To love them less and to love God more. And that includes loving His Word and the dictates of what God says. That's why I took you today to Romans chapter 1 and we looked at some of the sins of those that lack the Spirit of God. We learn in Romans 1 that they don't like to retain God's law in their knowledge. Therefore, God gives certain people over to a reprobate mind to do those things that are unseemly. And in that process, all of these things come. They lack natural affection for Yahweh God because man cannot serve two masters. So, my friends, do not make that mistake. Do not try to serve two masters. Acknowledge Yahweh God in the grand scheme of things. Put Him at the top of your priority list. And you, most likely, will be willing to pay the cost of being a disciple. Christ would not teach a parable of the cost of discipleship if there wasn't a cost of that. If we would not be forsaken by friends, family. And one of those costs is loving our life less than God. Are you able to do that? Christ said, Whosoever seeks to save his life shall lose it. Christ meant what he said. And while modern Judeo-Christians will not touch these topics, they're replete in Scripture. Christ doesn't say you're going to be loved. You're going to have lots of friends and lots of money if you follow Him. Christ says you'll be hated and despised of the world because the world is wicked. If the world is wicked, they're going to hate you. And in some instances, you may be put to death. And history attests to this for following Yahshua. Are you willing to pay that price? Well, that, my friend, is what Christ says. We must be willing to do. So, I hope that this lecture, this Wednesday evening, has edified you and strengthened your Christian walk and outlined some of the price we must pay in order to be a true, genuine disciple. And on a side note, the way of the devil is to keep a lot of our race locked in a state of guilt through labels, through coming in and saying, well, you're racist, right? Or they come in and they say, well, you're a fanatic. You're a zealot. One of the costs of discipleship is not caring what the world thinks of you. Caring only what Yahweh God thinks. Are you willing to do that? Because that is a ploy of the devil to draw you aside. Worried about what people think. So sit down. Weigh your options. Consider the cost of discipleship. And hopefully, you will decide that you will pick up your cross and follow after Yahshua. You will decide to also love family members less than your Creator. And at the end of the day, as you draw closer to Yahweh God, it makes more sense, my friends, believe me. Because man will forsake you. All men are liars, right? The heart of man is evil continually. So, don't lose sight of that, my friends. Until next time. This is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia. 
wanting to thank the few men and women that support my ministry and allow me, the soapbox, to reach God's people, those that have already paid the cost of discipleship. Until then, war for Christ. Amen. Covenant People's Ministry Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.org, and share your Christian testimonies, or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible study lessons and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website. If you would like to write to us, send your comments and queries to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205, or reach us by telephone at 678-692-8870. We thank you for your prayers and offerings. And we pray that all of you have been touched by these messages and continue to share the words of the gospel with your friends and family. Thanks again, and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.